Welcome to the Claremont Courier Podcast First Take. My name is Matt Weinberg. I'm going to be kind of hosting this new segment that we're doing with our third reporter, Steve Felsheneff. Steve has been a longtime Courier photographer, now a reporter for the Courier, and he covers a lot of city government issues. So for this new segment for First Take, we're going to be kind of discussing a lot about city government and just kind of get Steve's take on everything and various other issues of Claremont. Uh, hi, yes. Um, well... Most people in town know me uh, for one or two reasons. Either they know me from uh, from growing up here. I've uh, lived in Claremont my entire life, uh, w- with the exception of the years I went away for college. Or they know me because of the um, going on 12 years I've worked at the Courier, so you know I'm a well-known figure around town. Um, yeah, so I've uh, I've lived here with my wife now for 20 years. Uh, no, we've been uh, we've been living here for 22 years. We've been married for 20 years. So um, that is pretty much me in a nutshell. That's awesome. There you go. So he's a long time uh, he's a long time resident. Grew up here, and he's, he you know the area better than I think anyone. Yeah, uh, maybe actually. Um, my my mother went to Claremont High School, Joan Felsch. She graduated in 1958, I think, and I, my family moved here in uh, 1946, uh, on my mom's side, that is, the Bogguses, um, Margaret Bogus, Margaret, Margaret and Clayton Bogus, uh, with their children. And uh, they ran B&R Tree Service for many years, so longtime residents will might remember B&R Tree Service. And uh, they moved to Claremont, like I said, in 46, all the way from Pomona. So uh, it wasn't a long move, but then I guess that's when our official residency here in Claremont began. Very cool, very cool. Well, I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna get into it. I'm just gonna, you know, how this is gonna work is that we're just gonna. I'm just gonna ask Steve some questions, and he's just kind of gonna riff with me on kind of what's going on and what he's seeing. And uh, his, Steve is our guy that goes to every city council meeting every Tuesday. Um, every other Tuesday. Every other Tuesday. Excuse me. And uh, reports on that, and uh, that stuff is uh, f- very vital to a healthy, uh, healthy city and a healthy community. So, uh, Steve, what's uh, talk to us? Talk to me a little bit about uh, the city government here in uh, Claremont and what they're doing. Well, we're in August now, and August is the recess month for uh, not just city council, but all of the commissions as well. So, there really isn't a lot going on through the meeting process. Um, that said, we do have a planning commission meeting on Tuesday the 10th, and that is a continuation of the um, July 20th planning commission meeting where they were discussing an update to the inclusionary housing ordinance. Um, this ordinance is a little bit more than 10 years old, and no, actually, I think the last time it was altered was 10 years ago. It may even be older than that. And uh, the problem with the current inclusionary housing ordinance is that there hasn't been a single low-income housing unit built, even though that was the intent of the law. So built into the current law is um, an option for developers to build a certain percentage of low-income housing or a slightly larger percent of median income housing, and every single developer has chosen the medium level because you know it's it's a higher profit le- higher mm-hmm. profit point mm-hmm. for them. So 
Uh, it's been a priority of the Planning Commission for some... Not Planning Commission, excuse me. The Planning Department for some time to update this ordinance. And so the um, it was uh, brought up during the City Council meeting earlier in July and when they were considering the Village South specific plan. So just to, to cut to the chase here, um, the City Council elected to tie the implementation of the Village South specific plan to a update of the inclusionary housing ordinance. So then this created a, a rushed sequence, if you will. Um, and the Planning Commission was asked to make a decision on the inclusionary housing ordinance with only four days to look at the proposal. Mm -hmm. um, and then they ultimately decided they didn't have enough time. And um, so then they elected to continue that decision until this Tuesday. So we will be having a meeting in August, even though that doesn't usually happen. It's going to be planning commission. Um, they start at 7. Don't hold me to that. I'm pretty sure they start at 7. <laughs> City Council starts at 6.30. I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, and they will be discussing... Um, make They will make a recommendation to the City Council either to adopt a um, new inclusionary housing ordinance or to leave the current one alone. Um, it's highly anticipated that they will make some kind of recommendation to uh, to alter the, the law. That's kind of, that's the feeling, is that they're going to alter it? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, because it's, uh, during the meeting um, in July, there wasn't like, there, the commissioners didn't express a lot of resistance to the idea of updating the um, ordinance. They just felt they didn't have enough time to like read the material and understand what it was they were voting on. Um, so then what will happen if they do indeed recommend uh, a, a change to the to the law, then it will go back to the city council in September. And if the city council uh, adopts the changes to the law, then there'll be a second reading 30 days later at which point the Village South Pacific plan will be implemented as well. And um, I should go back and say that um, that one of the reasons why uh, that this all got tied together was that there was a lot of advocacy uh, among um, affordable housing uh, people in, uh, in Claremont that this the Village South Pacific plan, which is, you know, was is going to remake the the look of the village over the course of you know a generation or more. Um, they were concerned, as well they should be, that there wasn't any language in the Village South specific plan about affordable housing, and so that is why the City Council elected to tie the implementation of Village South to. Um, the update of this ordinance. Mm. Well, that's yeah, that's. I'm I'm curious as this, as to what kind of a whole vision is of trying to of as you were saying about generations and how they're trying to reach I guess reshape Claremont for future generations and this affordable housing is kind of a part of it. Well, um, we're just talking about the Village South specific village plan South, I'm here. Sorry, yes, village so South. it's uh it's you know it's a planning document that uh, has been five years in the making and it focuses on what's known as transit-oriented development, where you have 
higher density and um, mixed use, and it's located near transportation, which currently is the Metrolink mm -hmm. and also our Metro bus system, but could one day, if everything goes goes right, we'll have the um, formerly called Metro Gold Line, but the, the light rail here as well. Mm -hmm. So then the idea is that you can have greater density, but you also have people have transportation options beyond having a car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has actually been a sticking point with the um, people who, many of whom live in the area adjacent to Village South, um, have expressed concerns about the what's known as parking reductions. And I won't go into the details about how you get a parking reduction, but needless to say, people who live in the neighborhoods immediately adjacent to Village South are concerned that if there isn't enough parking provided uh, at future developments within the specific plan area, that there'll be spillover parking into the neighborhoods, which, of course, is a valid concern. Very valid concern. But um, advocates for, for TOD or transit-oriented development say that in other parts of the state and in, indeed other parts of the world, it really does work to reduce the number of cars that um, people need. And, you know, so, you know, if you have other types of options for transportation and or even if you just work right here in Claremont in the village, maybe you'll... Um, make the decision that you don't need to have two cars. Maybe you can just have one. Or, you know, maybe you can get by with a scooter or something like that. Uh, a motorized scooter, not like a, like just like a push scooter. <laughs> but, um, uh, and, and indeed, you know, um, a, a number of younger people have, who are used to, like, living in urban settings have adopted this kind of, uh, this kind of alternate transportation, if you will. Myself, personally, when I lived in San Francisco 30 years ago, didn't have a car. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it is. But people could argue that San Francisco has really good transportation, you know, public transportation, which they do. But, you know, maybe that's the way that you know, Claremont's headed. I would. Yeah, I think I think it'd be it's very exciting to, to hear all this and just and to hopefully see it all in the next generation for sure. Are you going to give up your car? I would love to give up my car. <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest. I love public transportation. It's just I'm, it's sad that L.A. never really, you know, put a lot of effort when it was growing the city into that public transportation. And now we're now you see all these cars on the highways because that's kind of the mode of mode of life here. Well, that's not 100 percent true. As you say, we did used to have the red cars, which was an extensive streetcar system that was dismantled uh, in the early 50s. I'm not, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when that happened, but right when the car was taking over as the main mode of transportation, they dismantled the the streetcar system, which went, you know, basically in those days, you could take a streetcar from Claremont to Santa Monica. I think you had to transfer in downtown LA, but yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's, wow, that's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, the, to, to hear and the solutions that they come up with to solve the problem of just, you know, people trying to, with less car, trying to get less cars on the road. Well, certainly Claremont isn't the only um, city that's grappling with oh, this. Of course not. Um, you know there are transit-oriented developments in Pomona. There, you know, there's a massive one in Pasadena, Glendale. I mean, a lot of these other uh, cities 
I mean, and you know, the the argument might be that Claremont is not Pasadena, but you know, um, we're not necessarily going to build the same type of uh, uh, structures as they have in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a Claremont, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I think the argument that um, many of the city planners have made throughout uh, the process of considering the Village South Pacific plan is that this is going to be a very much a Claremont um, development once it's finally made. Mm -hmm. That, you know, obviously it's going to, anything that's proposed by a builder is going to have to go through the commission process and it's going to have to be as, uh, as, um, Principal planner Chris Veers says it's going to be right sized for for Claremont. Cool. I think he was specifically talking about parking when when he talked about right sizing. Is there anything else you'd like to kind of discuss about kind of city government? Well, like I said, they're on recess for um, for, for this month. For this month, uh, there's a lot of issues coming up. You know, there's a, there's the Claire Oaks development, which is going to be going through the commission system. The um, Trumarks uh, La Puerta development is going to be going through the commission system 2021-22. You know, that's, you know, anytime there's development, there's controversy. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And, so, and, those, and, those, and those are going to be come up uh, in the fall here? I think they start in the uh, Clare Oaks. They had a, they've, they've, both of those proposed developments have just started the process. And I believe that last time I talked to Brad Johnson about it, um, in specifically with, in connection with La Puerta, you know, it was going to be 18 to 20 months. Alrighty, well then this will wrap up our first episode with Steve Felshineff. And I'd like to give a huge shout out and special thanks to John Crawford. We are here at his private studio at the Village Tracks. This is the Claremont Courier Podcast, First Take.